Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Super C. But before we get into Super C, we're going to do some super news. Super news. <laughs> what news? Has there been any news in the Amiga War? Has it been a dead week? Is there anything let me, to talk about? Let me about? consult the Oracle here where I record all my findings. Uh, no, there was there was a, a, a little bit of action here. Um, first of all, our boy Chris, Chris, Folds, Chris Folds posted a little ditty up uh, about a killer Amiga emulator for under $100. With the Raspberry Pi three, I've actually he, the little pictures that's in this is the little uh, um, case, custom case. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, they're cool. Looking. This is uh, not uh, dissimilar to what you got me for my birthday last year. It's yeah, but this you can put. I guess you can put the pie in one of yeah, these little it's, things. It's going to be a lot bigger, but it's uh, a, which a, is a 3D printed sort which of which is cool. Yeah, um, Adam Bradley, another one of our good fine folk. <laughs> I had to read this because he's in his post. He just said, I'm too drunk to read all this right now, but, and he posted it. And it's the Arduino Amiga floppy disk reader. Uh, if you're into the Arduino, uh, you know, I should probably get one of these at some point, shouldn't I, just to tinker with? It's Yeah, it's another one of those cheap $30 yeah. deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the big news uh, is the, uh, and this is, I mean, and someone will have to explain exactly what this means to me. Because I just I'm not 100. percent I think I know, but I don't know if I know. Um, the uh, first alpha release of the free and open source GoTech firmware has been released. Uh, that now, means nothing to me. Well, you'll recall that we uh, installed the GoTech drive in our into our uh, house machine. Mm-hmm. And, the 500. Uh, it's great, by the way. Uh, but uh, so I don't know exactly the scoop on I don't know where that firmware came from I guess I don't know if GoTech produced it the stuff I use I don't know what I honestly I've read this over and people seem excited about it so maybe someone can explain it to me if someone in the chat knows what the hell it means uh, but uh, it's it's a new free I guess it's an open uh, firmware and it will uh, allow people to do more tinkering with the GoTech Hey, I love to see the GoTech better do stuff like, uh, you know, read hard drive files. And oh, stuff. yeah. That'd be, that'd be freaking awesome. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what could be done through the floppy interface of the Amiga. Uh, but anyway, that I mean, a lot of people were talking about the, that this week. And uh, I just sort of sat there with a, you know, with a furrowed brow and, and a vain attempt to try to understand what the <laughs> hell was happening. Um, pretty much that's all I've got this week. It was not a uh, huge news week. I trolled around and didn't really come up with anything of any importance except for that that seems like it's a, a pretty big deal yeah yeah um well uh i wanted to point this out this is something that uh, i guess this is sort of a site update slash yeah. news but um since we're already here we can talk about it 
uh, Will Williams uh, has configured the perfect Workbench 3.1. You need to read this. Yeah, I need to check this out because, <laughs> because he's right up the top. I, <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of problems with LHA files and decompressing on the Amiga, and so uh, I need to alter my current setup. I'm, I'm hesitant to change it because you know what it's like emulating the Amiga, and once you get it working somewhat, you, you don't want to try and tweak it and then break everything. But I think I'm going to try and get this thing rolling and, and really try and improve it because uh, this is the perfect guide for that. So we really thank Will. Yeah, I looked over this and and it's I mean he's right on the mark. I, I in fact a lot of the stuff on here I've I'm pretty familiar with uh, and Will he's a good job explaining things too. Um, along these lines, for people like you that have trouble uh, understanding how and and me too for that matter because we both sit there and struggled with Win UAE. Uh, I've had a uh, I had a little time this week to actually sit down and really fool with Cloanto's software mm -hmm. and I'm actually. I'm about a third of the way through producing something that I can post uh, on, the, but uh, um, really having looked at it and played with it, it is a nice for people that are really having trouble. You know, when you go into Win UAE and try to stuff your own hard drive, you know, all this crazy stuff, it, it is complicated. I mean, I still have trouble with it. I was trying to move uh, Kickstarts around last night and ran out of room, and I was sitting there trying to figure out how to expand the space it was just craziness i'm just like what the hell am i doing here which is why i like to use the real amiga if for any reason just because it's easier yeah uh, but uh, uh the cloanta software they've thought of a lot of stuff and one thing they've done that i like is that you can just click on a game and i have yet to have anything not work so far that it's identified everything i've tried including this week's game i and i'll explain why i tried it on there <laughs> later but uh, uh it is a it is a good uh introductory tool to learning what the hell you're doing and if you don't give a crap about what you're doing it does a good job and i will say having used previous versions uh this one they really it does a good job kind of integrating itself into your system i like the ability just to double click my discs anywhere and add them and and play them i've got a little it, I, i've got a tiny little laptop i've been using with it and it, it it plays everything perfectly there's no speed issues and uh i've played a lot of stuff that i've also played on my amiga in fact uh I sat the both of them right side by side and did some filming, and uh, I mean it's it's pretty spot on. So since you're t since I saw Will's article, it's like I should mention that again. Uh, it's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, again. I'm not quite done with my video, but I'll give it an endorsement. I'm, I I think it's a pretty good product. Cool. Again, I'm not a reviewer. I'm just a schlup, but I think it's pretty good. Awesome. Well, let's take a look at some of the other updates here on uh, everythingamiga.com. For those of you that just listen to the podcast, you're really missing out on some great Amiga content. Um, Plus, you see us, yeah, dancing. <laughs> uh, so the first thing is the the big story of the week. This is uh, Dreamcatch's uh, brainchild, but a lot of us will be taking part in this. This is a uh, going to be a fundraiser that we're going to do for the Make a Wish Foundation over in the UK, and it uh, comes from uh, back in '93. When they did a similar sort of thing um, to uh, make the wish come true of a kid that really wanted to uh, play the Amiga, and I guess Comic Relief got involved. That's a that's a huge thing in the UK. Uh, I don't know if in the US. I'm sure we've had Comic Relief stuff, but I, I've always thought of it as being more of a UK thing. Was that? Uh, I know it was a Comic Relief pack mm -hmm. that they put that it gave. Uh, we do have something the last comic stand or something like that, but uh, the. Uh, the story in that is kind of is kind of sad. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. oh man, but at least the kid got what he wanted, right? You know, right. But uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was something. 
But uh, so what Dreamcatcher is going to do is uh, beginning on August 7th, uh, he's going to write a review uh, or some sort of an article every day for a week. And uh, in the middle of that week, because he's going to go Monday through Monday, uh, probably on either Friday or Saturday of that weekend, uh, which would be, um, let's see, I'm looking at the wrong month here. Um, that would be maybe uh, the 11th or the 12th of August. We may do uh, a 12-hour Amiga <laughs> marathon where we start at 6 p.m. and go all the way to 6 a.m. and uh, just play play Amiga all the time. And, and do you know, this is all going through uh, Just Giving. Uh, everything Amiga has a Just Giving page set up. Um, if you're watching right now, you can see um, if you go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash everything Amiga, um, the page is already up. And so if you'd like to get your donation in, uh, you can do it then. Or if you want to wait to the marathon, you can do it then. We'll be reading donation comments aloud on the air and uh, just having a real good time. If you've ever watched any uh, gaming marathons for charity, it'll be just like that, except so much less professional. So much less. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it's great. Yeah. I, think, I thought it was a great idea. You know, uh, charity. So if we can throw our hat in the ring on a little bit of charity action, I'm definitely down. And uh, make a wish, of course, pretty, <laughs> pretty good outfit. Yeah, yeah. Now this is another new Dreamcatcher article that I have not read yet. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I always, read it. I always kind of get um, a little upset with Dreamcatcher because as I'm going through it, I can't just be like, "Well, this is an article about blah blah blah." Because if I say, "Well, this is dystopian block mage," that doesn't really tell you what it is. So all you have to, what all you have to do is just look at the cover. Yeah, that's all you need to do. <laughs> it's, it's, Are these like Rambo clones? Is, is this? You got it. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's a. Uh, um, it's a game of its era, you know. You're running around, big muscular idiot with a, you know, <laughs> blowing stuff away with a big gun. Sort of like that. It's very similar, except looks way better, and it's probably it can't be. Well, we'll get into it, but it looks a lot like what we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, with the Super C, and he looks at the different platforms of it. I, you know, I have to say this is another one that I never heard of. So he's done it again. <laughs> I get a lot of. In fact, <laughs> my suggestion for a game came basically right out of one of his articles. Because I was, I'd never heard of the game. I was like, man, I got to try this. So, yeah, I always read these to get, I'm, and then I steal ideas from them. Thanks, yeah. man. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up the site updates for this week. So let's go ahead and dive right into our game, Super C. Yeah. And what does the C stand for in Super C? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you later. Um, We're a family friendly show. Let's just, I want to start with a small soliloquy here. On this game, um, I don't know how these games are chosen. Sometimes I don't. I, I don't know exactly when their suggestions or when Boat just comes up with an idea. But uh, and it's very rare, and Boat knows this, that I get um, so emotional about a game that I have to voice my opinion. Yeah, and Aaron yeah. wrote me a text last night. And uh, I will read it to you. It was last night. It was last night. It was when I was at dinner with my brother, and I let him read it. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) So this is the text from Aaron, and he says, Boat, I don't usually tell you my reviews of the games, because he uses autocorrect before I see you, but I'm going to make an exception in this case. This game is an infuriating, worthless piece of blank. It's virtually unplayable and is worse than Hitler. I'm (laughs) going to rip this game a new blank. (laughs) Yes, I think that effectively summarizes my feelings towards Super C. Um, 
I mean, well, let's just go ahead and get the particulars out of the way. I will say, if this was part of the 12-hour Make-A-Wish marathon, <laughs> the, the payout on this would be very low because I would storm out and destroy all of your equipment. Um, so Super C, uh, or Super Contra, and we'll get into that, uh, was released for the Amiga in 1990. It was on one disc. Uh, you could play two simultaneous players. Hey, there's something. And it was uh, coded by a fellow named Foster Hall. I'll get into Mr. Hall later. Uh, uh, it was put out by an outfit uh, called uh, USI, Unlimited Software Industries, I believe is what that stands for. Uh, they made a few other games for the Amiga, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, or what is the British version? Teenage Mutant Hero Teenage Turtle. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtle. They did a... Um, port of the NES version. Did you know that was even on here? We talked, they ever played that on here? Boy, because the, the, the NES version is incredibly difficult to control, so I can't imagine <laughs> yes. the Amiga version. So they they, they wrestled with that one wow. as well. And they also did Wings of Fury. Okay. Which, which is, that's, that's that game's so a little, yeah. yeah. Uh, this game ran on the original uh, chipset and the enhanced. Um, the uh, game is pretty well known uh, in a certain era of gaming so i mean i think most people have heard of contra right and uh, i would say most people have heard of super c or super contra and most of them probably know it more from the nes than they would the arcade wouldn't you say yeah i think so uh i played this in the arcade and i played the original contra and i didn't like either one that much but they were those games are hard man and uh, uh this bullet hell kind of and this is not I mean, you know what bullet hell actually is. This is a, for me, this was a lot of bullets on the screen at once and my guy loafing around. So it was, that kind of stuff's not necessarily my bag. Um, this thing got was on a lot of different uh, um, platforms. Uh, apparently, somehow, this got released on the Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, this has a cell phone release, which would be interesting. Yeah, considering how, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to pull that off, but uh, considering how, how many bullets are on the screen. Uh, the uh, Nintendo DS, uh, the NES, of course, and the Virtual Console. And there was a Windows release uh, that was uh, very, very similar to the Amiga release, except in a few key key ways. Uh, and also, It was actually a Windows release, not a DOS release. Oh, was it Windows? No, I thought you said it was a Windows release. No, it win- DOS slash oh, okay. Windows. It was, th- it, it's, it's an interesting point because I think this is 1990, so you know that was when you were starting to see, I guess, more... Were there? I mean, you were. Well, they've around. got you this listed. The back then. They've got this listed as a PC and the DOS. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that it could have been. Uh, it's it's probably more likely that it was DOS. Gaming could, was sort of the last refuge of DOS, wasn't it? Couldn't you buy DOS, games for yes. DOS for a long time just Absolutely. because you didn't have to fool with Windows? Well, and, it's driver issues, yeah, driver issues and, 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 like and a lot of it was memory management mm-hmm. was a real was a real problem. Uh, and also, they, well, I will say this: Super C on the on the PC did have Tandy support, which I always look for uh, when I when I. Could you play this on the Coco Three? I I don't think so, mm. but hey, who knows? The C sixty four was supposed to get a port, but it never happened, <clears throat> which is interesting. Something else I'll mention is that uh, obviously Super C is a sequel to Contra, and we the Amiga never saw the original. Uh, Contra wasn't out on the Amiga. Also, Contra was known as something called, and I've never, maybe you've heard of these. It had, Contra has several other names, and naming on this is sort of a thing. <clears throat> so, there's a game called Grizor, 
that ring a bell? No. And this is just one of the names <laughs> this is, of this, Yeah, and then also Probotector. <laughs> oh, Probotector. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it's called in, in England. Okay, well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Probotector. Uh, I've never heard that. Um, on the box for this, uh, Super C is, is not referred to as Contra, but is referred to as Commando. Interesting. So, uh, which is odd to me. Um, so... Boat, since you have a, a probably a more lengthy history of this game, why don't you explain exactly the play mechanics? Well, it's a side-scrolling um, shoot 'em up game. Sometimes, where you are, uh, you play as a commando, and uh, you sort of just make your way from left to right across levels. Um, and the thing that makes the game sort of interesting is that you are infiltrating just you know an, an alien place. So you're only fighting aliens. Even the humans are really aliens. Um, and you probe deeper and deeper into the depths of this alien compound, which in the end turns out to actually be like a giant alien anyway. Um, and there are power-ups you can get. There, um, Everything is, is shooting. So you're either shooting your normal gun. There's a um, like a, a laser beam, uh, a fire gun, the spread gun, which is the best gun. Um, and the... In order to, to make the game interesting, they break up the side-scrolling stages with a bunch of different things. In the original Contra, they were almost like first-person perspective or like over-the-shoulder levels where you'd be things would be coming down the screen towards you. In Super C, there are um, overhead perspective labels, levels that are kind of like Ikari Warriors or something like that that are, that are pretty fun. Um, and the game is just, it's, it's most known for being notoriously difficult because everything is a one-hit kill. You don't have a life bar. Uh, in the Amiga version, I believe you start out with 10 men, which is pretty generous. Uh, in the NES version, you start out with three men, and so it's it's a lot a lot harder. But of course, in the NES version, you use the famous Konami code, and uh, you can get, I think, either 10 or 20 men, and that makes the game pretty beatable. Um, I think it's 20 men, and, uh, and so that's how I always was able to complete the game. No such luck on the uh, on this version, as far as I can tell. There are no legitimate cheats available, and no no Konami, Konami code support, um, <clears throat> which is funny because I've read that the PC version has a very simple cheat system, and this game needs, among other things, it needs a cheat system. So, like Boat said, it's really two different games. You've got the left to right, and you've got the uh, the uh, up and down, mm -hmm. and we. Uh, 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 didn't have a whole lot of luck in terms of getting to try the up and down stuff too much. Um, so, what makes the Amiga version different? Well, the Amiga version is different from the NES version. Uh, the the Amiga version is very similar to the arcade. Now, with that in mind, um, if you've seen this in the arcade, um, you'll recognize the opening. Um, I don't know what you, the the demo uh, parts where uh, it comes out and there are some uh, how can you explain this some graphics that explain the adventure that you're getting ready to see. <laughs> now I watched this. I hadn't played this in the arcade for like a million years, and I really didn't play the NES version hardly at all. But I watched the Amiga uh, entry and and I thought to myself, this is this is horrible. I mean, it's just horrible. It's these two guys talking. And their jaws are digitized to move, uh, and the uh, the digitized speech. I mean, it sounds like it was made by like. I mean, I don't. It sounds worse than real sound. It's just I. Who, I can barely understand what they're saying, 
and they then they kind of walk towards this kind of alien looking structure and it's the the graphics just look like crap and the pictures of the up close faces look like crap it just looks like crap and i thought man they really dropped the ball in this intro then i went and watched the arcade version and the arcade version is very similar it is it's very similar it's similarly horrible mm-hmm. now the the uh, the digitized audio is much clearer you know but i mean and everything else is very similar it's 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 weird that the arcade version would be so god awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you have that same thought? Yeah, uh, you know, once the game start, it's immediately apparent that the arcade version is better. But the intro itself, the Amiga version does a pretty good job of yeah. emulating the badness of it. It and and and, and that is surprising that uh, that the arcade had. I mean, I will give the guy credit. Uh, uh, he 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 definitely did a good job of getting that over. So then the game starts. Now in the arcade. And in fact, every other version we saw, there's a cool bit where the uh, this helicopter hones into view, and and it some rope drops out, and, and a dude slides down the rope, and then you start your quest. Amiga doesn't get that. We just you just start, right? So, like we said, you're a guy. You're running from left to right. You've got a gun. Um, the object of the game is to to complete the level, beat the boss. Well, right out of the gate, you're hamstrung. Uh, of course, we've said this how many times? About a billion. But the Amiga has one button, mm-hmm. and so this was not a one-button game. This is a game that had two buttons. It had a shoot button and a jump button. Um, I remember when I played this even on the Nintendo back in the day that one of the things I remember about this game is that uh, the ability to control your leaps is very important to the game uh, because uh, this guy has the magical power of being able to leap and then can move left or right depending on where he leaps. And I think in the arcade, you can even control how high you leap. Uh, the Amiga version, you have to use up for jump. <clears throat> and but up isn't always jump, because if you push up in a certain way, then um, you can point your gun upward. And it's you're never sure whether the up that you press is going to result in a jump or your guy just pointing his gun to the sky. And you, and it's horrible. And yeah. the kind of game this is, especially this, uh, this particular port, which I'll get into, but the kind of game this is, you can't, there's no time to screw around or not make your jump. There is no room for, um, you have to have tight controls. Another problem that you'll come across is that often you will have, find an opponent who is grounded. He's in a, in a laying position like a mm-hmm. sniper, and sometimes leaving me behind little barriers. And so your uh, soldier has the ability to, to lay flat on his belly and shoot, which is great. He also has the less interesting ability of being able to walk forward with his gun pointed down around his ankles <laughs> and shoot, which you often do in lieu of actually going to your belly. Right. It makes it so frustrating to try to get to the ground, shoot the guy that's that's that you're trying to get, and instead just shoot your own feet like a goof and get shot. Um, that was between, I, I'd say just those two aspects of the game were enough to frustrate me to no end. Then you'll throw in the other problem with this with this particular port. The Amiga version, unlike I think any version, certainly the PC version, there's there's the opponents are way more aggressive. Uh, they uh, they come jumping from out of screen. They can shoot from out of screen. Uh, they can shoot from. They come from behind. They they come in. They come in mass. The bullets come f- faster. And what this means is you have less chance to react, and in some instances you have no chance to react. 
the uh, uh, the fact that opponents can jump off screen and jump on the screen and get you is infuriating. I had it happen over and over. When, when we and Boat tried this as two players, it was it was still god awful. But we could at least some guy could watch the back while someone tried to fight off the guys from the front. It made it a little more tolerable. But even still, uh, the uh, the amount of, of of bullets flying in is just it, it just it's insane. Mm-hmm. And this was apparently a problem. And now uh, I mentioned the uh, fellow that programmed this thing was a gentleman named. Um, Foster Hall, and this guy went on to do. Uh, uh, he programmed on some other systems. He, this was his only release game on the Amiga. He did all the coding himself, and uh, I think it was 2003. Uh, he put there was a post that showed. This is a rare game. I guess we should go there first. Um, it's incredibly rare. There were very few copies released. As far as I could tell. Uh, there were no PAL versions of this released. It was produced in Canada, okay? So, and that's where this fell is from. Uh, the, uh, and so, this guy showed up on eBay selling a boxed, shrink-wrapped copy of this, and it was this guy. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, Foster Hall, and, a mu- when, and he wanted 600 bucks for it. Uh, and, but in, in, his, uh, in his little description of the game, he mentioned that this game had had a bunch of crazy development problems, and if you bought the game and you cared enough to listen, he would tell you what they were. <laughs> and so I thought, man, this is great. This, by the way, this sounds like a dream catcher right. uh, extravaganza. Absolutely. But uh, um, so anyway, no one bought the game, and then and so I looked all over to see if this guy had any uh, quotes about this game. I was dying to hear what the scoop was. And, and but I've never found anything, so I don't know what that means, what the problems would have been. Uh, also, apparently, the uh, Foster also had a quote, and some of this stuff comes from Hall of Light, which is because we love Hall of Light. Mm-hmm. But uh, Foster had mentioned that there was a uh, an original Contra that was going to be released as well on the Amiga, and but that Konami uh, didn't do it, and effectively he said that Konami decided that there wasn't enough money, I guess, in uh, for them to bother screwing with the Amiga anymore. Uh, it, you'll recall that some of Konami's game, like, uh, let's talk about uh, Castlevania, another dud. You know, so their stuff wasn't exactly getting, you know, top-shelf uh, action. Right. And, well, uh, you know, Japanese developer developing for an American console that's not popular in America, that's, you know, it's it wasn't exactly fading by 1990. In fact, it really hadn't hit its stride, but... Uh, it's it's not difficult to see why Konami, you know, can make meager profits developing for the PC systems or make huge profits by developing for the Nintendo. Yeah, and, uh, you know, from what Hall said, uh, he said that Konami put all their games off the Amiga because the sales in the U.S. were so low. So, for once, this is I will say this is a rarity for us that we are looking at a game that presumably was never released in PAL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is which is, str- is odd. Very odd. Right? Um, again, this game was... I mean, you can't get a copy of this hardly anywhere, and I have to say, until Boat mentioned it, I had, I might have heard this existed, but I know I had never played it. Um, and uh, given those parameters, you can see the the amount of uh, the amount of attention it was given was minimal. Right. I guess they were just it was just a you know slop job. Uh, the uh, outfit that made it, uh, as I mentioned, let me turn to my little pages. Was a, was a place called Unlimited Software. Uh, they were founded in 88, and they were a Canadian outfit. 
but they were a uh, a division of a play of an outfit that we have heard of called this uh, distinctive software incorporated dsi and dsi uh unlimited software was basically the port section of that of that outfit uh and they they did a couple a couple ports uh that uh you know, like I said, like I mentioned, they did TMNT. They did ports on other computers too. So, but uh, you know, this is one of those games that I wonder if you could tweak the controls a little bit. You might have a prayer. But in terms of, it's 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 unplayable to me. I mean, I watched the the playthrough on this, and I was interested to see how someone could complete it. To be honest with you. Uh, um, because it's so difficult, and what the what they did, uh, I think it was the Zeus uh, mm-hmm. outfit. Yep. Was they they played all their guys on the first player, and then they chimed in with a second player and played all those guys. So they had twice as many guys, mm-hmm. and they managed to get through by the skin of their teeth. But I mean, uh, if you want a challenge, <laughs> <laughs> you found the right and you're, game, and you're and you think you've got the jack. This is a game for you. Now, we looked at this game on um, a few other ports. You want to talk about some of those other? Yeah, so we looked at the, um, there's the DOS version, which is very similar to the Amiga version. I'm sure that it's it, it plays similarly badly. Uh, early DOS conversions of uh, arcade games not being very good most of the time. Mm. Uh, we also looked at the the NES or the Famicom version, and of course the arcade version. And, um, you know, the arcade version and the Famicom version both have similar sprite sizes. They're a little bit on the on the small side. Of course, the arcade version is much more detailed. The animations are much better. But this is just another example of a game that's got a little bit smaller character models, but the control is just so much more tight. Now, that said, the NES version seems like it's the hardest of all of them in terms of enemy speed. I mean, things just happen so, so quick in the NES version when you look at it up against the uh, the arcade version or the the PC and the Amiga version. So, it's kind of interesting the the um the Amiga version level design wise is much more close to the arcade version where the NES version kind of has done its own thing. Um and uh it's something that the bosses are the same but some of the the layout of the levels is different. I uh um having played all of these in the past in in the past week, um I think I prefer the the NES version, which I guess that's a duh duh statement, right? The arcade version is is playable. Uh, again, you've got the better control, and you've got uh, a, a a decent amount of you've got. You're not getting as bombarded as we were, but it's incredibly slow. Yeah, and uh, which I mean, it, that's just the way those some of those games were. But I mean, it was really slow. The uh, the NES version's hot and heavy. But again, it's the it's a good combination of uh, balance and the fact that you can actually control your guy, uh, and and you feel like you're not getting just screwed. Something else the Amiga port is is known for is horrible hit detection, mm-hmm. and we saw this time and time again. Uh, it's not always against you. I've had like we were playing earlier, and a bullet just went right through me. But then you'll get hit by stuff that uh, that you uh, that you don't even come close to being hit by. You also some people are so hard to get up to to shoot the people that are seated that are laying down they're they're so tough to come up on and get without getting shot uh and plus you've got uh, opponents on the level above you that shoot down so effectively what you're trying to do is run through shots that are coming diagonally downward shots that are coming at your feet and you've got a joystick where you have to get up for jump yeah 
it's, it's just it's almost impossible. It's brutal, and I I wonder if they had. I wonder if they had ported the NES version of this, if you would have at least had a fighting chance, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I don't even know if the NES version, maybe the Amiga version predated the NES version. It could have. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about something earlier. We, when we played uh, when we played uh, the game last week, um, what was that? The, uh, the the shooter with the caveman. Uh, uh, beast, or, um, yeah, I'm having oh brain gosh. freeze now. Uh, Kid Chaos. Kid Chaos. Yeah, Kid Chaos. Um, one thing that game did, and I probably didn't give it enough credit at the time, uh, and I, again, this was not our favorite game, but they had your attack go off every time you jumped. Okay? I, I wonder sometimes on these Amiga games if they just shouldn't have had you auto-fire all the time in a game like this and then have the button jump. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, effectively, you're going to fire as much as you can anyway. Right. I think you'd be better off, and this the game has auto-fire, I think you'd have been better off if you just have fire going all the time and then give you that button to jump. I think it would have made a big difference in the way the game plays. And that's something they did. Kid Chaos, every time he jumped, he swung the club. And it, it relieved you of the pro- burden of having to do two things with one button. You know. Uh, now, that much said, if, this, if the Amiga had 100 buttons, this probably would not be a good game. <laughs> uh, if it was just the button issue, I could probably get over it. And in, in emulation, you could, you know, you could set up you know, another button to, to to jump. Well, it's funny because I tried that, and even with the second button, I still ran into the trouble where you would point your your weapon up instead of jumping well, when I wanted to jump. So. I don't know. I don't understand how that even. I'm not sure how you, that even works. And I looked like gangbusters to find the, the 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 docks for this for the Amiga, and I couldn't find them. So I don't know if there was an explanation there. But that is, it's there's nothing worse and more infuriating than a game that you just can't control right. You keep getting killed stupidly which is when i wrote you that text i i sat and played this game i tried playing it a, a, three or four days ago and i got frustrated and quit and so i tried playing it yesterday real heavy and i played it for several hours but it was several hours of making no progress mm-hmm. and it's so um it's very infuriating to sit there and just beat your head against the wall you know every time i got to that stupid tank or you know before i would just get smashed it's and and, and this is 10 lives we're talking about you know it's not like you have three uh, it's just a, it's a bad game. Uh, I don't recommend it. I don't, I don't recommend you if you if you. I don't recommend you pay six hundred bucks for a, a wrapped copy, <laughs> even if it does come with a uh, explanation of why the game is bad from its coder. Something else that that is a, um, a first I think in our show. This game has zero reviews. So <laughs> while we don't re- do reviews, I will take this opportunity to say I am reviewing this game and I give it, a, <laughs> I give it a contra F. It's not even good enough to get a Contra C. This is a Contra F minus. Uh, the uh, there was, I didn't find anything on eBay uh, except for that old uh, thing. So I mean, good luck on this one. If you really want a copy of Super C, uh, I suggest you buy yourself a Nintendo or an arcade machine, where I believe you can get a pretty good deal. Actually, now you can probably get the arcade machine cheaper than the Nintendo and the cartridge. It is interesting that the um, the arcade version is a vertical monitor. This is another one of those weird choices by Konami. Uh, just like uh, Blades of Steel, how it's really a, a vertically or a horizontally moving game in a vertical cabinet. Yeah, you know, well, I, I forgot something you mentioned earlier. Bo had asked me about about Contra, the the, the term mm-hmm. Contra. Uh, this game was known as uh, uh, Super C, and everyone assumed it was Super Contra, but it was actually, like I said, the box is a Super Commando. Uh, but and it, uh, uh, a lot of people speculate that the uh, 
Quinami had tried to pull away from the term conjure because of what happened in the U.S. in the uh, in the eighties with what was called over here called the Iran Contra scandal. And just a brief, the briefest of synopsis is from Wikipedia. This is your world politics minute. Yeah, on the, the Iran Contra scandal was a political scandal in the U.S. that occurred during the second term of the Reagan administration. And I believe it or not, I remember this. I lived through it. Um, and it's a real complicated gimmick. But basically, um, government officials facilitated the sale of, of weapons to Iran. And then, and they were under an embargo. We didn't, we didn't like Iran, believe it or not. And they hoped what would happen is that uh, um, the Iranian moderates would work to get hostages released. Iran, it's not Iranian caught, and then of course we used money that we to, from that to fund the uh, Contras in Nicaragua. Right. Okay. So that's how you get the Iran Contra scandal. Uh, the uh, big gimmick on this was that then President Ronald Reagan uh, was asked if he knew about it, and he said no. And eventually he had, and he also said that we would never trade weaponry for hostages, and then. We trade, but then eventually he had to say, "Listen, we this got out of control. We traded we traded weapons for hostages. I mean, in fact, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. It was a it was at the time it was a big. It's funny those things don't seem like that big a deal now, but at the time it was a pretty big deal. Oh yeah, you know. And so, and that was the first time I'd ever heard the term contra uh, in my life, and I always thought it was strange that these contra games came out using that term, and I still think it's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. I like you know, again, this game has different names." In other places, but I guess they were trying to Americanize it, and so they put in Contra. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, no, I got no eBay. I've got no reviews. I got nothing. <laughs> Shorter episode this week. <laughs> Thumbs but down. You 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 get the hand you're dealt sometimes, and when you pick the hand like I did, I don't know what I was thinking. So you're coming out game. and admitting this was yeah. a boat well, joint. I, you know, after we did the um, the two Konami games, the sports games, and I thought that that was a pretty good episode. Um, I thought that we could do some other Konami games, and these were not so good. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll do Castlevania at some point in the future. Oh man, um, that but, may uh, have to be a boat plays. I'm not. You're trying to kill me. <laughs> but um, but I think we might give Konami a rest for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'd like to go ahead and thank all of the great people that make this podcast happen, including you, fair listener. Thank you for listening to us. Um, you know, this is, we do this show not because it's making us fabulously wealthy, although it is, uh, the, uh, we do it because we like the community. We love our community. We love the people that are hanging out with us in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, we got Pishbot, our chat moderator and Graham in Australia and Duncan and Seb and, uh, all the fine folk, Henrik that are in our chat room, John, um, thank you for hanging out with us on YouTube gaming. We record the show. Uh, almost every Monday live at five. I try and put a, a thing out on Facebook and Twitter. Live at five. Live at five. Boat near with the news. <laughs> That's right. And um, we want to thank you for visiting everythingamiga.com and hanging out in the forums, reading the articles over there. Um, don't forget to mark your calendars for uh, either July or August 11th or 12th, depending on when we actually do it for the uh, the marathon, because we'd love to see you come out and uh, hang out with us on the marathon we'll need it with 12 hours of amiga action Man. to fill up i'm going to ponder that one but we're going to have a lot of material for that bad boy oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so much for our half hour shows <laughs> oh man it's going to be it's going to be epic oh, man. um and uh 
Last of all, I'd like to thank our awesome Patreon subscribers. If you want to support the show monetarily, you can visit us over at patreon.com slash amigos podcast. And uh, just like these following folks, uh, we have a new one this week, Aaron. All right. Ian Griffiths. Thank you, Ian. Ian. Duncan Styles. THT. Anthony Jarvis. Dream Ketcha. Adam Battersby. John Marshall over in Charleston. Darren Coles. Neil Mansell, Brutal Barracuda, Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy Humberstad, Josh Nan, Jason Warrens Lane, Eric Nelson, Graham Vebke, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo in Hawaii, Kjol Bjorn Barman, Tips from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Foles, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and your brother, Brent Dowdy. Thank you, one and all, for supporting the Amigos podcast. Aaron, next week, what's your what's your plan? You know, uh, I read a great article on our site about a game I've never heard of, and it was called Sleepwalker. And this game, it, I don't, I'm hoping I'm not super seeing it up here. Uh, I've never played this game. And I have only a vague, I've only heard of it once or twice. But it looked so cool that I thought, let's do it. And so I'd like to submit to you Sleepwalker for next week's episode. Let's do it. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mm. We we pass no judgment. Actually, we pass judgment. We pass judgment on passing judgment on this one, man. <laughs> but uh, that sounds like a, a lot of fun. We'll do it for sure. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Adios.